Today, we are talking about cryptocurrency. What is it? What the heck's a blockchain? What's this mining thing? Are there people out there with pickaxes? Like, what is this? And and wallets. I'm talking about wallets. How wallets really aren't wallets. They're actually just digits. It's crazy. It's awesome. It's what Bitcoin is. And it's so hot right now. Like, so hot. So, background for you guys. I've, uh, I've been in cryptocurrency since 2015. Uh, so I bought my first little bit of coin. Um, before I bought any Bitcoin though, I spent, I spent a good three months learning as much as possible. I wanted to understand what was happening. So I wasn't going to put my money, put my money into something that was just going to tank or not work out. So I spent a very long time making sure I understood how cryptocurrency worked specifically in relation to Bitcoin. Since then, I've had some some Litecoin, and uh, I currently have some Bitcoin. I have not many Bitcoin. Like people, when you say I have Bitcoin, they think, "Oh, are you rich now?" And no, I'm not rich at all. I'm not rich at all. Um, but I have some Bitcoin. I have some Civic token, which is based off Ethereum. I am going to be buying uh, more Civic here if it keeps if the, if the price keeps dropping. It's on sale, boys! It's on sale. Uh, uh, I also think about buying some um, Amisa, Amisa Go, which is cool. It's, it's a really cool platform and application. And I also want to buy some Ethereum because Ethereum is going to not get any cheaper, in my opinion. Just you know, it's my opinion. But anyway, what is cryptocurrency? Cryptocurrency is a medium of exchange using cryptography to secure the transactions. To, yeah, to control to control the transactions and control the creation of new units. It uses cryptography. We talked about this in a previous episode. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to my go to the episodes and find where it says crypt, cryptography, cryptography. Uh, if you're listening to this on uh, something any, anything outside of uh, Anchor, the Anchor app just search this like sort through all my stuff and find it there uh if you're listening to this on anchor go to the episodes tab and scroll down until you find cryptograph cryptography bitcoin was the first uh it's a def- it's a it's it's, also, it's not only the first crypt- cryptocurrency it's the first decentralized cryptocurrency there are other currencies before it that were close but did not quite work it's interesting to know, to know that um, since Bitcoin's, you know, decentralized, you know, creation in 20, 20, 2009, what is this? <laughs> 2009, numerous others have been created, which are known as altcoins. These are freely called altcoins, uh, and it, it blends all, it's blending Bitcoin and alternative. Uh, cryptocurrencies use decentralized control as opposed to centralized control. Banking systems and the Federal Reserve System and whatever country you're in system, they use centralized control. The decentralized control is related to the use of the blockchain's transaction database in a distributed ledger. So everybody has a copy of it, everybody uses it. Decentralized cryptocurrency is produced by the entire cryptocurrency system collectively, at a rate of which is defined by the system itself when it's created. Uh, Bitcoin is like every 10 minutes a new block, as it's called, gets added to the chain. In centralized banking, an economic and economic system such as the Federal Reserve System, corporate boards or governments control the supply of currency by printing units of fiat money and demanding additions to the banking ledgers. 
This cannot happen in Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies in general. Most cryptocurrencies are designed to gradually decrease production of currency, placing an ultimate cap on the number of currency that will ever be in circulation. Compared with ordinary currencies held by financial institutions or kept as cash on hand, cryptocurrencies are less suitable to, uh, to seizure by law enforcement. Existing cryptocurrencies are all pseudo-anonymous. This means that it's not 100% anonymous. If I know your wallet, I can see all the money you send out, all the money you get. It's kind of an issue sometimes with some people, but it's possible. Ways around that are just using multiple IDs and multiple wallets. That's the overview. Very basic stuff. We're going to get into the blockchain next, what it is. Uh, yeah, because that's the most important thing. A lot of companies are using now the blockchain technology to build off of that and to make other apps. So the blockchain, if you have followed cryptocurrencies or Bitcoin for any length of, any length of time, you'll know this thing called the blockchain exists. It's talked about a lot. So the blockchain is simply a public ledger that records the transactions of the cryptocurrency. This is accomplished without any trusted authority, centralized authority. This is what's important. This is what makes it so awesome, in my opinion. Maintenance of the blockchain is performed by a network of communicating nodes. These are, these are computers running the software for the currency. These transactions are for are in the form of, let's say, payer X sends Y number of coins to pay uh, pay E Z. This information gets broadcast to the network using the readily available software applications. These network nodes can validate transactions, add them to their copy of the ledger, and then broadcast these ledgers, ledger additions to the node, other nodes, other computers using the software. The blockchain is a distributed database at its very, very core. To achieve independent verification of, chain of, of the chain of ownership and any and every need. What do I have? I don't know. What I have written here. Verification of the ownership of any and every amount. Each of these computers stores its own copy of the blockchain. About six times per hour, a new group of accepted transactions, known as a block, is created and then added to the blockchain. And this is quickly published to other computers running this, called nodes. This allows the cryptocurrency software to determine when a particular coin amount has been spent, which is necessary in order to prevent this double spending in an environment with, without central oversight. This is something that Bitcoin solved that wasn't solvable for a while. Other, other magic internet monies that existed before Bitcoin couldn't solve this double spend problem, and Bitcoin was able to do that with this public ledger. It's, it's decentralized. Everybody can see everything. Just your name's on it kind of deal. So a conventional ledger records the transfers of the actual bills or, or promissory notes that exist outside of it. The blockchain is technically the only place where these coins can actually exist in the form of unspent outputs of transactions. So when I say I have some, I have X number of coins, I'm not physically holding these coins. These coins aren't physically in my phone. They aren't represented in my phone as ones and zeros. 
they're actually on the chain and on the chain it says this this wallet address has this many coins they received this many coins they got this many coins or they sent this many coins there there their some coins are this that's what it is and so anytime that i want to send coins with my with my address my wallet address i do that i say hey this address has is recorded on the blockchain it has having this many coins i want to send this, another different number of coins to a different address and it gets pushed to the network and then after 10 minutes all the nodes have it and it said yep confirmed it's a thing everyone checked it out everyone said hey every computer liked it it, it wasn't a double spend it wasn't trying to trick the system it worked good job and it continues on forever and ever the thing with the blockchain is the further back a transaction gets the more secure it's considered so after 10 minutes you can confidently buy something between like zero and hundred dollars because typically with with when it comes to uh everyday purchases of things with outside of the blockchain and using a credit card there's even less confirmation that this is happening it takes takes um it takes more time than this to actually say yeah this person actually had that money and so the further back it gets the stronger it is saying like hey no one's disputed this it's set in stone more or less like you know set in stone in air quotes but that's the blockchain it's just it's just literally a public ledger that anybody can look at you can go online right now and type in bitcoin blockchain ledger or whatever to search it you'll find the whole list someone's have it so i guarantee someone has a post somewhere there's um a whole website devoted to you like being able to look through the blockchain and say hey here's this i have this wallet address let's stick it in here so there, or, does this have any coins associated with this address it's that simple it's the blockchain and it's what made bitcoin bitcoin it's what's making cryptocurrencies in general so useful So, what is this mining thing that we keep hearing about? Clearly, people don't actually have picks and pickaxes and they're in a mine somewhere pulling out these Bitcoin. So what is it? Mining is, <clears throat> at a simple, simple level, is a record-keeping service. The miners keep the blockchain consistent, complete, and unalterable by repeatedly verifying and collecting newly broadcast transactions into the, a new group of transactions called block. This is what we talked about previously on about, about the blockchain. I say I want to send coin, I put it onto the network, and these miners do the work to make sure that this is legit, all good to go. Each block contains a cryptographic hash, which we talked about previously, so go check out those those uh, those episodes if you are looking want to know what that means. They take this cryptographic hash of the previous block. It's using a a SHA-256 hashing algorithm, which links it to the previous block, thus giving its name, the block chain, the chain of blocks. However, that's what, that's what miners do. They, they take these and they do the work to try and, you know, decrypt this or... We're not going to get into that too deeply, but that's kind of what they use, what they do. In order to be accepted by the rest of the network, a new block must contain a so-called proof of work. I don't remember if we mentioned this in the crypt cryptography uh, podcast we did, but this is one of the things that it's used for, the, and this is how it's being used <coughs> Excuse me, in Bitcoin. The proof of work requires miners to find a number, 
called a nonce, such that when the block content is hashed along with the nonce, the result is a numer numerically small is numerically smaller than the network's difficulty target. This proof is easy for any node on the network to verify, which is super important, but extremely time-consuming to generate. As a secure cryptographic hash, miners must try many different nonce values before meeting the difficulty requirement. This is what's important. So that you need to be able to check it very quickly because I want to spend these bitcoins. The network will be like, "Yep, it's all good. It exists. It's on the chain. Verified." But in order to make these blocks reality, so if I spend this. Now this is a new block. In order, put, in order to make that block an actual block of blockchain, the miners have to do the very hard work to find this special numeric value called the nonce. Every 2016 blocks, which is about 14 days, the difficulty target is adjusted based on the network's recent performance. So this hell has basically, if every, and, you know, in 14 days, if there's more people on, on the network doing mining, it gets harder to do the work. Because there's more people out there, if it's if people you know if half of the network goes away mining, it gets half half as easy. This is to keep it within a relatively short period of time. The aim is to keep the average time between new blocks at 10 minutes. In this way, the system automatically adapts the total amount of mining power on the network. The proof of work system, alongside the chaining of the blocks, makes modifications of the blockchains extremely hard as an attacker must modify all subsequent blocks in order to modify transactions of the block being accepted this is what makes it so secure this is why it hasn't broke yet Let's, I'm gonna finish my finish my note here and we're, well, I'm gonna dive in this a little bit more as new blocks are mined all the time, the difficulty of modifying block a block increases as time passes and the number of subsequent blocks, known as confirmations, increases. So if someone wants to change a transaction in the past, they have to go back to that they have to go to that that section in the chain, modify it, and then redo all the work up until the present block, and then beat the everybody else out on the newest block to say, hey, my change is the most my change is real now and it would be overwritten. That's extremely difficult. That would take so much computing power that it is almost impossible. And it hasn't happened yet. There's been many forks as they're called. But this, this kind of attack hasn't happened. This is why Bitcoin secure, this is why Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are great currencies. So we're gonna get into wallets next. And what a wallet actually is. Because it's not in your pocket, I guarantee you. So wallets, what the heck are these things? A wallet stores the information necessary to transact the cryptocurrency that you're using. While wallets are often described as a place to hold or store your cryptocurrency, this is not necessarily true. Due to the nature of the system, the cryptocurrency is inseparable from the blockchain ledger. So, a better way to describe it, a wallet is something that stores the digital credentials to your coin on the ledger. This allows you to access and spend or receive. Well, you don't need it. You don't need it to receive it, but they're part of. It. They're one and the same. But um, 
these, these cryptocurrencies. All cryptocurrencies that we have today use public key cryptography, in which two crypto cryptographic keys, one is public, one is private, are generated. We talked about this a little bit in the crypt cryptography podcast. At its most basic, a wallet is just a collection of these keys. These keys are what allow you to send and receive. Public key is what you share with people so they can give you give you coins, or tokens. And the private key is what you keep secret. That's why it's called private. And this private key is what you use to send or spend your coins. Which is very, very important not to get that information out. There are several types of wallets. One of these wallets is a software wallet. This connects to the network and allows spending of your coins in addition to holding all the credentials that prove your ownership. These are computer programs or apps that are on your phone. These are very common. These are probably the most common wallets out there. You can go on the Play Store. Um, I'm not sure about iPhones, but I know on the Google Play Store, they have many, 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 many wallets out there for your cryptocurrencies uh, and even on the Android repositories for your Android phone which is open source they have open source wallets which is very nice and also online wallets these are very similar to the software wallets the difference is that it's all online and you shouldn't trust it like uh, don't hold your coins there forever like you might put you can put them there maybe to like you know hop skip and a balance to where you need to be but you don't want to store them here forever, and, I, I, and you wouldn't, you shouldn't even spend store all of your Bitcoin or uh, all of your cryptocurrency in a software wallet either, because your keys can be exposed and accidentally, accidentally leaked, and then you could lose all your Bitcoin. Uh, I say Bitcoin. What is, I also keep saying Bitcoin because cryptocurrency is a hard, you know, it's a long word. There are also physical wallets that exist. They store the credentials to spend your bitcoins offline, more or less. So you can store bitcoin. You can have your your wallet could be a piece of paper. Um, your wallet could be a piece of you know an actual coin that you that you go out and you get some metal and you press a coin. It could be that. And these physical things allow me to say, okay, on this piece of paper, this piece, this piece, this piece of paper has these keys on it. These keys equal to one dollar in bitcoin. I'm gonna give my I'm gonna give you this this piece of paper. Consider it one dollar worth of bitcoin. And so now render my service. It's very possible. However, my favorite wallet, and one I recommend everybody getting if they're going to have any significant amount of coinage in any cryptocurrency, is a hardware wallet. This keeps all of your credentials, all of your keys offline while facilitating these transactions. This is super important. And it's considered, considered to be the most secure way of storing your cryptocurrency. You do not want to store $100,000 of the Bitcoin on a phone or online or on an exchange because someone's going to steal it. Because you cannot be that secure. Let the hardware do it for you. The hardware wallet is your friend. The hardware wallet will not leak your keys if done correctly. Two, key, two wallets I recommend. Ledger wallet. I have one of those for my Bitcoin. And I just bought a Trezor wallet. That I'm going to try out and use for my altcoins. They're the two most common, two most popular, and they are. I know the Trezor is open source. I think they both are. So people can check the code and make sure that it's not going to leak your keys. 
Thanks for listening, guys. I appreciate it. If you have any questions about cryptocurrency or Bitcoin, please call in if you're on Anchor. If you're somewhere else, hit me up on Twitter and I'll answer your questions. Love talking to you guys. Until next time.